0: today uh, that we have called family matters and we simply have been saying for the last few weeks family matters family is a big deal and the reality is every last one of us in here would have to say I have been affected by the way I was raised by the home that I was brought up in and some of us would say it, it was a bad environment it wasn't you know there are all sorts of problems there but I'm affected I deal with things, because some of us would say, no, I was raised in an amazing family. I'm just trying to make sure my family turns out anything like, but either way, you and I would come to this moment and say, family's a big deal. And so what we've come back and asked simply is this, what would happen if you and I simply committed ourselves to the idea of doing family God's way? What if we got serious about that? What if we were willing to say, look, I don't know all the answers. What I experienced may have been, but I'm willing willing to hear from God, I'm willing to change, I'm just interested to hear and to consider what it would be like if my family were done by God's plan, and so we've been asking those questions, exploring that possibility together, and as we've done this, and if you've been here, you know this, we've taken different rooms of the house to try to um, attach them to different values that you and I are supposed to have, different priorities that God had as he designed the family, and our hope has been this. That as you would walk through your home in the days to come, you would walk through some of those rooms and you would remember the principles that we've talked about together here. So, for example, on that, we talked about uh, the formal living room. And we said, you know, the formal living room is that room you only break out on special occasions once in a while. And that sometimes in our family, we treat our spirituality that way. That spirituality is something we just kind of put on and do on special occasions. But, or maybe just on Sunday... But it doesn't affect the rest of the day in our family we said you know that was never the heart of god that was never the design and that god really intended us to be more of a great room floor plan in our families we talked about the backyard and we talked about this idea that said you know families are supposed to start out as being this safe place this backyard place for our children but the end of a family is that you help our children get to the front yard and be able to navigate the neighborhood and that families are really there by God to help us raise up young people who can navigate life. And the last thing you and I want is a 25-year-old who can't make it out of the backyard. And, and that that's part of the value of a family. So today, uh, we're finishing up. We're in the garage. And uh, kind of the man's domain room, the place, you know, where all the stuff is. And, you know, it's kind of an interesting uh, room for the house because you go, is the garage really part of the house? You know, stop and to think about it. I mean, when you get ready to sell your house, you can't claim it as part of the square footage. So is the garage really part of the home, or is it just kind of an accessory to the home? And and then another interesting thing is is you realize all the tools that are needed to repair the home and to keep the home where it needs to be are all stored in the garage. Today I want to talk mostly with our guys. Because guys, you know what I'm afraid sometimes is that you and i are a little bit like the garage that if if someone were to ask our families and say hey you know is dad really part of the family they say you know we're not sure he may just be this guy who comes home at six o'clock and engages for a little while and then he's off again and and That because of how God has wired our homes and wired our spouses and wired our children, that you and I, as men, possess the tools that are necessary for our families to be whole and healthy and healed. Now, I know some of you guys are going, oh, dude. I'm getting the Father's Day sermon. Lynn's going to sit here and yell at me and tell me what a cruddy man I am. And I had already marked my calendar. I was out of town that weekend, and he snuck up on me. And look, I, I hope, I pray as we spend the next few minutes together, guys, that you will never even for a moment feel that way together because that's that's not what today is about. That It's not. And and, and instead, I hope that you and I will walk away from here absolutely excited about the role that God has placed within our lives and within our hearts. That we will actually be incredibly just motivated to say, man, you know what? I can't wait to get home, grab my tools out of the garage and bring them and engage maybe in my family at a whole different place. Because God has given me an amazing, amazing, amazing opportunity as the guy. That would be a cool day for us. Let's just talk for a few minutes. Why is it so important, why is it a big deal that you and I as men be willing to leave the garage and bring our tools into the rest of the home? Why is that so vital? Why does that happen? in order for the family to be what God always dreamed and hoped our families would be. Why do the tools need to come in? Here's why. Dads, husbands, God has so wired the rest of your family, your spouses, your wives, your children, that there is an absolute focus upon you, an absolute attention upon who you are as the man within that family. They may not like it. They they, they may not be that. They may not even be able to explain it. But it is absolutely there. It's there because God was trying to give you and I the privilege, the opportunity to take our family where it needed to go. And therefore, he wired wives and our children's to be focused on us and upon our leadership and our involvement. Let me see if I can help you get there. Your wife, your children are hoping that you'll approve them. That somewhere your lips will find the way to say to them, okay and i love you and i'm proud of you and you're what i always hoped for in a son you're what i always dreamed of in a daughter honey if if i could choose all over again Words of approval and affirmation. You remember when your kids were little? Remember, remember when they would do dumb stuff just to get you to look at them, guys? Remember that? You know? They they'd get up on some little ottoman and jump off, and or they'd ram their head in the wall. Just something, you know? And, and all the time that they're doing it, they go, Look, Daddy, look at me, right? often, guys, I think we think that that's a season that little children go through. It's it's, it's a moment of time. Can I tell you that the members of your family, your children, your wife, even though they may not be today as blatant with it, still deep down within their hearts are saying, look at me. Tell me that I have your approval. Tell me that I'm doing all story. You you know that as I was growing up as a young man at nine, my family split, my dad took off. And I remember as vividly as I'm sitting here right now telling you a day standing in the front yard of our house. My dad's car is packed and ready to leave. And I'm talking to my dad and I said to my dad, dad, if you love me, the car and leave now i know my dad didn't send that message but i got it i got it loud and clear and when my dad left the family he went off to do horrible horrible he, he went off to do stuff that i guarantee you if god has a list of everything he hopes a man never does my dad did most of the list and in the midst of that, and in the meantime, my mom was an absolutely godly, 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 godly influence, godly woman. I, I have a hard time even thinking of a moment in which my mom did not live amazingly well in front of us kids. A matter of fact, so much so that I even had a point in my life where I just said, I get it, my dad's lifestyle is horrible, my dad is making horrible decisions, I don't want that lifestyle for me, I want to serve God that came out of my mom rendering to ministry. I mean, you would have thought if there was ever a kid who would say, look, I, I don't need that guy's approval. I, I. And yet I can remember in my 30s, sitting in front of the TV and seeing shows where, where dads would hug their sons or dads would say to their sons, man, that's you're such a good guy. And I'd begin to weep. And I'd go, that's stupid. got one feeling so i mean how does that you know when i got ready to plant cornerstone i invited my dad to come hear me speak at a sister church that had told me i could talk there we hadn't started this church yet and my dad for one of the first times came in and heard me speak in a service and the service got over and uh, he walked up to me and he said uh You know this this church planting thing, it might just work. And for me, as a man, it was as if my dad said you're okay. And the weight of thirty plus years went tumbling. Guys, that's crazy, isn't it? I mean I, I, I grew up my life saying everything about my dad I reject. I don't I don't need I don't need and yet that off my shoulders. And and men, you just need to hear, God gave you that as a gift. His hope was is that you would never use that need for approval as a weapon, but instead would use that to encourage your family. And guys, I cannot even tell you how powerful your spoken word is to a wife. A son that says, You are becoming the man I always hoped you would be. That says to a daughter, You are a young lady of glory. And I don't care how many times you've blown it, guys. I don't care. I don't care. There is still nothing as powerful as the approval of a father. It's a gift that God gave you, it's a tool in your box. That God hoped you would use for His glory, guys. You and I set the standard in our home. We just do. It, it's it's not something you don't have to stand up and say I'm the man and I'm the. You set the standard, Would you, you're even trying to or not. You realize that that you become the reference point, morally, spiritually within your home. You're the reference point. Why? Because you're the captain. You're the captain. And whether you like it or not, your family is taking its cues from you, which puts you, I mean, guys, haven't we always wanted to have that chance to be the captain? And when it comes to our families, God says, take it. Take it. Run the play, Lead the way. Because all eyes are on you. We've played sports, right, guys? You know the team goes the way the captain goes. I mean, we've been there in that moment. You, you the score looks horrible and, and the clock is ticking down. And, and what does the team do in that moment? You look at the captain. You look in their eyes. You see if their chin is up, and if the captain's still got fire in his eyes. If the captain says we can do this, then what does the team do? The team says, what do we have? A Captain, there may still be plenty of time on the clock. You ever been on that team? There's plenty of time on the clock. The score's not that bad yet. And the captain is hanging his head. What does the team do? So guys, here you just need to hear me say that that you're setting the standard. And, and you and I know this about leadership, guys, right? When, when you and I get nodded as the captain, when we get tapped on the shoulder, leadership demands that you and I are always better than what we're asking those who come behind us to be, right? We know that. How many times have you heard in leadership, hey, if, if you want someone to work hard, work twice as hard. If you're the manager, if you're the leader, you, you want someone to be committed, then be twice as committed because that's the call of leadership. Hey, guys. You want your kids to have morals? Have great morals. Because you realize that your kids, your kids, when they look at you, are never going to be quite as good as you. Right? You get that, right? Because you're the captain. When, when you're out there doing sprints on the field, the captain's got to run faster, harder than everybody else just to get them to run the right fastness and the right hardness, right? Are we nodding? Yes. Okay. So here's what happens. If you live a life with really, 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 really high morals, then all of a sudden your kids look and say, oh, I get it, there's the standard, because the captain said it. And so suddenly they're trying to help reach the standard. You set really low morals within, you know, you lie to get there, or maybe it's not even low, maybe they're just halfway morals. Then you know what that signal that sends to your kids, right? I don't have to be as good as dad, because dad is really, really old. him. I may be almost dead before I have to be as good as him. And if you're the captain, you set the standard and your kids will think they've got plenty of time to get there. You you and I set the standard spiritually. See, the truth is, if your faith and my faith and our walk with Jesus is authentic, guess what standard we just set in our home for the rest of our home? That everybody's walk with God and faith ought to be authentic but if but if our relationship with god is something we put on on sunday like a coat and take off when we get done with church guess what standard we just set for the home At stuff we shouldn't be looking at. Funding through Sports Illustrated for the articles, swimsuit issue. Leaves a daughter to decide one of two things. Oh, okay, that's the rules. That's that's what it takes for a male to like you. So I guess I'll play by the rules. Men, you don't want any of your daughters to believe that's the rules. Or they go the other way. They go, oh, so that's the rules? I think I hate men. Spend some time telling some off-color jokes to your son. Spend some time lingering with your eyes with gals. Guess what your son decides? Women are things. Women are toys. See, the reality is within you and i we have this amazing, amazing, amazing ability and power. Even if we don't think we're doing it set the standard for the home. It's why it is absolutely vital that you and I take the tools and dust them off and bring them into the home and don't leave them in the garage. Because you and I, God has placed us in a position of an unspeakably powerful influence. me real quick to the book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 6, it's, it's, it's powerful passages that talk about how relationship in the home is supposed to work and, and what you and I as guys are supposed to do. It's Ephesians chapter 5. If you're not real familiar, if you go to the back Of Ephesians, you may want to go back and read these chapters, chapter 5 and chapter 6. Incredibly powerful. Here's what it says, chapter 5, starting in verse 25 Husbands, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain. Or wrinkle or blemish, but holy and blameless. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated his own body, but feeds and cares for it, just as Christ did the church. Now jump down with me to verse thirty-three. However, each one of you must also love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. You you get what he's he's saying? Look, guys, guys, your job, your role is to build up your wife, to contribute to your wife, to help her become the woman of God that God always dreamed that your wife would be. Your role is the lifter in the family, the builder-upper in the family. That's your active role as the husband. But now he goes on to talk about our role with our kids. Verse 1. Children, obey your parents, plural, husband and wife. Obey your mother and your father. In the Lord, for this is right, honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on earth. And then fathers. Hey, where's the mother? Fathers. And God's going to say, no, 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 guys, this is your role. This is your primary responsibility. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. What does exasperate? Do not wear out your children, either by being so absent, so lackadaisical as a father, that they spend their lives waiting for you to come in the door and engage. Fathers, don't exasperate your children with your lack of presence and lack of concern. You know, you don't have to hate somebody. You just simply have to say you're not worth my attention or don't become the drill master of your house don't become so rigid so hard so firm that you exasperate your children they say I I can't breathe for the pressure of my dad fathers do not exasperate your children instead bring them up in the training and the instruction of the Lord What's, what's God saying you get nothing else from that passage, God is simply saying this, guys, you're the one with the tools. You're the one that I equip. Your presence, your engagement brings all the difference to the home. Bring your tools to bear on the family. Don't you dare, don't you dare leave them in the garage. Everybody's hoping you'll come into the main house. fan at home. It wobbles. It doesn't just wobble. It wobbles. I mean, you turn this thing on, it hangs right over our bed in our bedroom. My wife's been saying, hey, Lynn, would you go get your two walls and fix the fan for us? To which I said, I don't want to fix the fan. See, here's the reality. fan before, okay, and, 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 and so I said, look, Lisa, I, it's not a priority for me, and I'm, you know, and I left the tools in the garage, and so here, you ready for this? My wife's been waiting for me to fix the fan for a year. See, some of your ladies are going, oh, you're bad, bad, and, 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 it, and, and it every once in a while, yours will happen, I'll be laying there in their bed, I've already gone to sleep, I can't figure out if she's doing that because she likes the fan or if she's just trying to irritate me. For a year. And finally I said, look, Lisa, just if the fan's that important, fix the fan yourself. Hire someone to fix the fan. And see here, I didn't tell my wife, instructions. See, she'd bought a little pack with all the little weights in it for the fan, and I looked at the instructions and they were horrible instructions. Have you ever read fan fixing instructions? I mean, they go something like this. Stick a weight on one of the blades and hope. Turn on the van and hope. And if it wobbles worse, you put it in the wrong place. And if it wobbles better, One of the reasons you and I have left the tools in the garage is because when we read God's word, we go, spiritual leader of the house, guide your family. What? I mean, what does success look like when you do that? What? When are you finished? When do you win? Maybe if you and I, men, could walk out here and go, you mean it's that simple? You mean that's all God was asking me to do? Maybe we'd have the courage to grab the toolbox. So, so let, are you ready? God only asked you and I, men, to do two things. Two things. Two things. You ready? Here they are. Provide. Protect. Provide. Protect. Now, some of you men are going, Hey-hey! I'm already doing that. I'm already providing pretty well for my family. I mean, my family's got stuff that I never had when I was a kid. You should see the boat. I'm providing pretty good. And I, you know, I'd like to think if my family were in trouble that, that I'd yell run. the mistake is that you and I are thinking about this thing physically, right, guys? And even men who don't know our God are willing to provide and protect for their families physically. And God's hope for you and I was much more profound. And what God would come back and say to you and I who name his name, I want you to provide, not just physically, but emotionally and spiritually you would take on and say, I am the provider, not only physically, but emotionally and spiritually for my family. And I am the protector. You will not touch mine unless you come through me. Not just physically, but emotionally and spiritually too. That's how that works. Men, the members of your family have, spiritual tanks now this is hard for you and me because you're in my spiritual tank or emotional tank I should say is about this big Okay, but that's not true of our wives and it's not true of our children and they have emotional need that they are waiting for you and I to help fill I was a youth pastor for 17 years I could spot a young lady who walked into the group for the very first time who was not getting her emotional tank filled at home. You know how I knew? Because she needed every boy in that room to hug her. And I knew. Men, your daughter's not getting her emotional tank filled at home. Your daughter isn't hearing you say, you are the love of my eye, the apple of my eye. You are an amazing young lady. She's not getting... I know this is weird I know I know that somewhere our little girls start becoming little ladies and it, and it feels a little awkward but I'm just gonna man, you got to figure out a way to navigate that with righteousness because if they're not getting their emotional tanks filled at home there's plenty of 16 year olds ready to take yours tanks are waiting for a moment in which they can go, you're, grow, you're growing up to be a man. You're, you're, you're a young man and you're still in process, but I'm proud of what you're doing. W- what would it mean to just take your son on a trip? I don't know. Go kill something. You know? Eat something raw. You know? I don't know. You know build something together. Or climb something together. I don't care, but to be men together. you to fill the emotional tank of your wife to say, you know what, I will still date you, I will still court you, I will still chase you, even though you're there to be caught. Because I love you, and I will pursue you. See, part of the call, guys, is to provide, not just physically, but emotionally for our family. comes in and physically attacks your family what are the chances that you have to physically protect your home now i get it i get it you know there might be some rainstorm someday and the tire goes flat and you're in the rain fixing the tire you know i get that okay all right but i mean what are the chances that someone's going to break down your door but what are the chances that your family is going to get mugged and you have to physically protect family is going to come under spiritual attack, that there's going to be some group of 13-year-old kids telling your kids that their parents are stupid? What are the chances that your children are going to face peer pressure? What are the chances that your kids are going to get confronted with consuming something or taking something to ease the pain To a world that would love to absolutely devour you and yours, not on my watch. Not with me in charge. Because remember, provide, protect. Did you, you know that in Ephesians, when you go on just a little bit, it begins to talk about this whole idea of spiritual warfare? It begins to talk about girding yourself up with all this armor in God. And you realize that every single bit of the armor in God is defensive except for one thing. You've got one weapon. Scripture says, be sure, be sure, be sure, be sure you grab the sword of the Spirit, which is, anybody know? Word of God. Word of God. You know what God is saying? In that moment, when your family comes under spiritual attack, the most powerful weapon you and I as males have is the ability to take our family to the truth of Scripture. this because most of us if we were honest guys we'd have to say man i i don't even know that i know very much scripture if we were to dig into our toolbox and pull out our weapon Most of us are going, man, I'm not a reader. I don't care. It's your weapon. And I know a bunch of us are going, Lynn, I just don't like sitting in a class, and I I hate small groups. I don't care. It's your weapon. And what are the chances that your family is going to come under spiritual attack? 100%. And there's your weapon. And I I wish the men of our church were a little bit like uh, Tool Time Tim that all of us would go, look, this just isn't a sander, man. This is like a gas powered sander, you know? And that you and I would say, no, 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 no. I don't have some little weapon to defend my family. I've got the big old honking, oversized killer Bible beat you up, you weapon. See, I got the word of God in my life and you will not touch me or mine. I am the provider and the protector for my home. I know some of you guys are going, whoa, 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 whoa. How does this work? So let me me give you just some real practical stuff really, really quick. I'm going to put this, we'll put this on the web for you. You can go back and look at it. But what if, and guys, here's the thing. I'm not asking you to do this list. I'm not going to ask you to do, what if you did one of these things? What if you just did two of these things just to bring the tools in? Let me give you some suggestions. Write a note to your kid and put it in their lunchbox? What would it have meant to you when you were a fifth grade kid to get a note from your dad that said, I am proud of you, and I hope you'll live like a Smith today? Man, I'd have walked taller all day long at school if my dad had done that for me. What about a daughter that gets a note that just says, hey, I know. I know a bunch of kids are going to look at you this morning, but you just need to know your daddy loves There's, there's nothing more. Leave the kids at home. Just leave the kids. With someone. You guys were going there wrong With someone. Can I tell you that one of the highest joys of my wife's life is describing to me that her mom and dad went on dates and left her and the girls at home? Because she knew her daddy loved her mommy. And I, I get it. Do family night the other week. You know, do date night this week and then... One night in which you and I would engage in the family. Date night this week, family night the next week. What about prayer? What what if you walked up to your wife and said, hey, you know, before I head off to work today, could we just stop a minute? I want to pray for you. Now, after your wife picks herself up off the ground, blow her mind and pray for her for a couple of minutes. Just say, God, I want you to bless my wife today. You, You know, they did a study. That pray for each other, prayed with each other. Divorce rate was one in ten thousand. Bible study. What if, what if, on that rare occasion, that you actually have a meal together as a family? You pulled out your Bible and said, "Look, we're just gonna we're just gonna read a chapter together." I don't know what it means. You don't know what it means. We're just gonna read it. <laughs> Lynn said we were supposed to do this. I'm setting spiritual direction. Read. Well, what if What if attendance at church was Dad's idea? What if on Sunday, instead of Dad being the guy in front of the TV set and the last one to make it out the door, what if Dad was sitting in the car with the motor running saying, Get out here, guys, because it's my standard that the Evans family go to church every Sunday. What if when your kids had a soccer game on Sunday and they went to mom and said, hey, mom, can I go? There's a, you know, it's a conflict, it's a tournament. Your your wife was able to say, don't ask me. That's your dad's standard. Ask him. What if sometime at night you went in and read the story and you made sure it was a Bible story and you asked your kids, what do you think God's telling us about the life of Sam? what if you took your sons on trips and killed something or burned something or I don't care, just as long as it was a manly thing, you did it with your sons and they came back and said, no, 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 me and my dad. I grabbed my tools the other day. Sticking weights on a fan. And I'm not even going to tell you it was fun. I'm not going to tell you that it was easy, stinking fan. But I got it balanced. And last night in bed, my wife and I laid under a fan that didn't fum fum thum. saying to you and I today. Bring the tools. And, 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 and we may not get it right, and you may not do it well, but better that you and I bring the tools into the home. Better that you and I take this influence and this incredible moment, this incredible gift that God has given us We just come before you this morning, and we just simply say, thank you for this incredible We We always asked for us to have the opportunity to influence and to change lives, and suddenly as dads and as husbands, you've given us this amazing, remarkable opportunity, and so God, we're just simply going to say today, we'll bring the tools, we'll crawl out of the of Cornerstone.